Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. You can now listen to Restoration Place on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or by downloading the Spreaker app to your phone or tablet. This week at Restoration Place. I think it's imperative of, of us to understand when you really love somebody and it comes to ministering the gospel to them, you can't be concerned about how they receive it. You've got to be concerned about how you give it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to this place of restoration. of Restoration Christian Ministries, John Baysmore Jr. So again, I'm just grateful to the Lord um, for the things that he's doing. What I want to do, I want to read, first of all, the biblical definition of what it says love is so that we'll all know that, so that we can finally get it established in our hearts and in our minds that love is not a feeling. You know, we have to get away from that. We really have to get away from that because when if you think love is a feelings and feelings start messing up then you're going to say something is wrong with love so we let's establish what the word of god says love is and i like this because it does not leave anything to chance it clearly tells us what love is i'm not going to read all of the verses because it's about 13 of them so i don't need to read all of them i just want to read a few to kind of establish what i want to talk about first corinthians chapter 13 i'm going to start at verse 1 Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. James Brown used to say, I'm talking loud, but I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and though I have the gift, y'all know nothing about James Brown, you young folks, y'all know nothing about that. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. I want to stop there for a moment because this is really a good example uh, when it talks about uh, verse 3, though I give my goods to the poor, and though I, have, though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. You have a lot of people that... Um, these, what do they call these um, bombers? These guys that wear the um, suicide. suicide bombers. Now, they they do this in the name of um, trying to give themselves for a cause because this is what uh, God wants them to do. So they tie these bombs around themselves and they go into a public place and they kill themselves and kill others saying and this is the belief now this is what they're taught if i do this 
I will immediately go to heaven. <laughs> Berg, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> you will immediately go to hell. And, and I've actually had an opportunity to talk to some, some people that hold this belief, not, um, not on a one-on-one -on -one conversation, but group conversation. I actually, uh, when I used to minister in prison years ago, uh, I would talk to some people that was kind of privy to this type of belief. And, um, and I try to, one thing that I try to do, I don't, I'm going to be the way that I am. I'm not going to dilute the gospel to make somebody else feel good. I'm not going to try to soften the blow so it, people can accept it. That's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And most of you in here, and I know certainly Simone has known me since she was born. I mean, I literally used to hold her like he's holding his daughter. I used to hold Simone the exact son. I used to hold, I'm sorry, I used to hold Simone the exact same way. So I've known her all of her life. And she will tell you, I, I'm not I'm not going to change who I am. I, you know, I believe in the word of God. I'm a man of strong, strong faith. When I really believe something, I will hold on to it. If I believe in you, I will never give up on you. That's just the way that I am. And I think it's, I wanted to stop there because I don't want you to ever believe that these types of things are heroic. Even people that give to the poor, that's not going to get you in heaven. And I see a lot of that, particularly in politics. People believe that because they're giving money to the poor, somehow that makes them, you know, favorable in God's eyes. Well, he appreciates taking care of those that are in need, and he even talks about that. He really appreciates that, but at the end of the day, you know, your getting into eternity is not going to be based on, you know, giving to people that that are, that are hungry because you know that's not going to make it there is one one way to get into heaven with the lord jesus christ and that's by believing on him he said clearly i am the door no man comes to my father but by me now i have a friend that used to be um a pastor and uh he talks you know we had a conversation I'm, i don't want to call it an argument but we had a conversation and i try to keep it simple he you know he said well Baze, listen man he called me he calls me Baze. he said Baze, listen i don't believe that man you know i was i was um deceived by the same gospel like you're believing right now and you know you know at the end of the day i don't believe that i believe this bible was written by man it was you know it was convoluted you know, there is no jesus and i just listened to him i said well I would be, I'm really, and Pat, I really mean this, I would really like to be uh, right beside the bed of those who hold this belief at the time they're about to give their last breath. Because now I've seen one situation where somebody that was a very close friend of mine uh, loved them dearly. I mean, absolutely loved. It used to be in my youth department at my dad's church. Absolutely loved them dearly. I had no idea they had converted to Islam. I have nothing against Islam personally. It's just not the way to get into eternity. I mean, that's just the way it is. And uh, when I went to uh, California and I saw them, you know, I had, I, they didn't even give me a heads up. Now, she was in my youth department, and when I saw her, she was completely geared up in Muslim garb. And, and I said, okay. She said, John, don't start. I said, I'm not going to start anything. You believe whatever you want to believe. I'm not telling people what to believe and what not to believe. You believe whatever you want to believe. But, you know, it's interesting because a few years later, and, and I almost call her name, but I want to call her name, but... She um, she was one of the young people, her and Darlene, that I just absolutely loved dearly because 
their spirits. You know, have you ever met somebody that they may not even be a believer, but it's just something about them that you just like? They just got a real good spirit about them. Well, that's how Darlene always was. You know, and I, I told you all I've known her since she was 11. And I've known Nicole uh, the same amount of time because I think her and Nicole, I said the name anyway, didn't I? But her and, <laughs> her and Nicole who were the same age. So I, I just love both of them dearly because they just had these very gentle, sweet hearts. And um, a few years later, I got a call from her. Uh, and this was, well, quite a few years later. It was about 10 years later. Maybe not 10 years. Maybe about seven or eight years later. Darlene and I had not been married but a few years. And I got a call from her. And uh, she, she, um, she had stage four cancer. And I got to tell you, it absolutely broke my heart. Because there are some people that you, you don't, you don't say that anybody deserves anything bad. But, you know, there are some people that you just say, why this person? I mean, just such a sweet person. I never treated her any differently because she said she was Muslim. I mean, she would call me, we would talk, and we'd laugh, and I'd joke. Because y'all know I always got jokes, so <laughs> it doesn't matter what you believe. I'm just going to, you know, that's just how I am. But when I found out her condition, it, it really, it, it actually brought me to tears initially because she was just, she's just such a sweet person. But um, she said to me, she said, now, John, I, I know what you're getting ready to say. I said, Nicole, listen. I said, to believe what I believe, I lose nothing if I'm wrong. I lose absolutely. I mean, think. I want you to think about it. I lose nothing. To believe what I believe, and I tell people this even when I'm ministering on the street. To believe what I believe, I lose absolutely nothing. If I'm wrong, if there was no Jesus, if there is no Father, and I don't know what people, honestly, I really don't know who people say that God is. I mean, I'm really serious. I, I have no idea foundationally what is the foundation of what they believe because, I mean, what we believe as Christians is, is about a relationship. It's not about you know, having information about, I never wanted information about Darlene. I wanted Darlene. <laughs> you keep that information. I wanted her, you know, and everything that came along with it. And that's how being a believer is. It's, it's about establishing a relationship with a person. But now some religions don't believe that you can actually establish a relationship with God. Well, then he's not very much of a God if I can't have a relationship with him. But uh, that being said, you know, I think, the well, the last conversation that I had with Nicole was about her salvation. She was definitely receptive to that, though she couldn't respond to me. It got to the point then where she couldn't even, I guess because of the cancer, you couldn't even hardly understand what she was saying. So I'm trying to minister to her in between tears because it, it, it was just breaking my heart to, to see somebody that I love so dearly. I mean, I've known this girl since she was 11 years old, and to see her going through this, I mean, it would be just like one of you, you know, be like it was Simone. I mean, that thing would tear my heart up because I've known these people like I've known her all of my life. And um, and I just, you know, and I said that to say when you really love somebody, and this is why I want to establish, you know, just give me 10 more minutes because I, I can feel, you know, getting a little tight. So I just want to, that's why I'm trying to talk very calmly. But um, I, I, I think it's imperative of, of us to understand when you really love somebody, and it comes to ministering the gospel to them. You can't be concerned about how they receive it. You've got to be concerned about how you give it. 
because at the end of the day, you know, you, you've got sometimes you might have one opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. You may never see them again. I told you all about this guy uh, in the military, Bobby Day, who I didn't know, a white brother. I uh, didn't know him from anything. I mean, I was in a finance office with 32 people. And I want you all to get this. Now, you're talking about the love of God. Bobby, Bobby Day was a southern guy. He was from, I believe he was from Louisiana. You know, he had no reason to even want to have a conversation with a black guy. And this was back in the 70s when I was in the military. But yet, out of the finance office of 32 people, and most of them were Caucasian, they had some, you know, African-Americans in there, but they have a lot of African-Americans working in the finance department in the Army. But um, they didn't. I did, and I don't even know why they chose me for that. I mean, I guess because I had some college. I don't know. But, but anyway... For one, I want y'all to get this. See, this is how love works. I'd rather give you an example. For one year straight, this guy, and I've been looking for him for the last, at least the last 17 years that Darlene and I have been married. I've been trying diligently to find this guy to thank him. Because for one year straight, five days a week, you know, we had the weekends off in the military, but every single day, I'm telling you, every single day, this guy, would, with all these people in the finance office, he would come up to me and, you know, during lunchtime, and I, I try to stay in the office in lunch, it didn't matter. He'd pull up a chair and sit beside me. I'd go outside, he'd come out there and, you know, just, I, dude, why are you, I mean, why are you all up on me like this? What, what is your problem? Man? He said, oh, John, you'd be great. You know, God could really use you in the gospel. And I'm, and I'm looking at me like, is there a sign on me? I mean, why is this dude sweating me like this? But every single day, I'm telling you for a year, this guy poured the word of God in me. And I guess, and I tell people often, when there's an anointing on your life, you may not be able to know it, but other people can see that thing on you, particularly believers. Yeah. If they're, Because see, a lot of you have had people praying for you that you don't even know about. There have been Now, you may know about your grandmother or your mother, but there are people praying for you that you don't even know about. I mean, when I was in the Army, you know, it happened... Actually, it, it kind of happened after that because I had been a believer before and I had just backslid and just turned my back. I, well, let me just be honest. When I went in the Army, first I lost my mind, bro. I mean, I, I did. I mean, because see, I believe this. If you're going to be a sinner, just be out there. I'm not going to be. I didn't try to be halfway in, Nikki, and halfway out. Brother was out. <laughs> I mean, I was out there. I was not trying to be halfway in. I just said, I'm not going to fake this. That's, ne that's never been my thing. You know, I'm going to try to keep it real. If I'm going to serve the Lord, I'm going to serve the Lord. As faithful as you may think I am now, I was that unfaithful when I was in the world. I really was. I mean, I'm telling you, you if, if some of the people that I was in the military with, if they were to come in this room now and see me standing behind a podium, they'd fall on the carpet laughing. It's like, yo, you got to be kidding me, man. You a preacher? I mean, I was that bad. I mean, I really lost my mind in the military. But by God's grace, um, <laughs> this guy stayed with it. He, you know, he smoked. And, uh, you know, I tried to get him for smoking for us. You know, I was like, oh, man, what kind of man of God are you? You standing there with the Bible in your hand. You know, you got a cigarette in the other hand. You know, this really got to him. And I could, you know, have you ever talked to somebody you can see what you're saying is really getting to him? So when I saw that, you know, that cigarette thing was getting to him, Nick, I just gave it to him. I mean, I just, I mean, I just gave it to him. Came to work one day and said, John, guess what? I gave up smoking. I said, oh, Jesus. 
I'm done. I'm so done. Well, I thank God. And I'm saying all of that to say I thank God for that because it was because of that. Because of the love that he showed me. A white guy from, from Louisiana. And I'm talking country. Straight up country. I don't even. Because he didn't talk to none of the others of us. But he just somehow there was something about me. Every single day he came up to me. And, uh, and now look at all these years later. Now I'm, you know, been preaching the gospel for over 40 years. And a lot of that, I have to say, has a lot to do with the persistence that this um, young man, Bobby Day, showed me. So when the Bible talks about love, in the book of um, Philemon, there is a story. And I don't even have to, I don't even have to read it. I'm just going to give you where it is. Philemon, book of Philemon, chapter uh, chapter one, chapter one, and it starts starts at verse eight. Basically, this story is about Paul and a guy by the name of Onesimus. Now, Onesimus was the slave, uh, was the property of uh, someone else, and um, I guess these people, once they had given their lives to the Lord, they were trying to. They were trying to really not have slave ownership anymore, you know, just owning somebody because I guess they felt that that really wasn't the right thing to do. But this slave stole from his master and he ran away because, you know, because of the repercussions. You know, these days you still, you, you know, you, you're going to get arrested, you go to court, you know, you might get jail time. In those days, they cut your hands off. <laughs> So, I mean, that's the first thing they did. They cut your hands off. If you use your hands to steal, they cut your hands off. So him knowing what the penalty would be, he ran away. And during the course of that time, he ran into Bobby Day. <laughs> but, but it was his name was Paul, but he was, he was uh, really Bobby Day because uh, Paul decided to minister to this young man knowing, because he told Paul what had happened. So knowing his background, he decided to minister to him anyway. And in ministering to him, he ended up giving his life to the Lord. So now, Paul had told him, basically, you're going to have to go back and get it right. And folks, let me say this to you. Some of you are thinking somebody don't love you because, you know, they don't say it or because, you know, they say they don't feel this way. That has nothing to do with it. Love is all about a commitment. I was talking to, and I hope you don't mind me using him as an example. I was talking to Forrest last week after church, and uh, we were just joking around talking about some things. But I was one thing that I was telling him, and it seems to be you know synonymous with the type of men that the Lord is sending to this ministry. I, I'm just claiming you, and you're not even here yet. But but it just seems synonymous that it's the type of man. I remember the first time that I saw Forrest. You you remember that Forrest? We were at um we were at the. Yes, we were at the diner. We were in a room doing this thing on um, vision. vision. And so dude walks in the room. You know how brothers try to walk in trying to be hard, right? So he walks in the room and he kind of looking, what's up? <laughs> trying, trying to be hard. You know, who is this dude, man? So, um, so Simone introduced me to him. And he was, I mean, he was looking like he was hard, but he didn't talk. He didn't act like that. You know, somebody can look a certain way, but then when you talk to him, he it it was just very nice. Kind of caught me off guard because he was looking, he was, looked like he was shooting rocks, but then when you talk to him, like, this is a nice guy, you know? And you know, I got to look out for my Moni Moan. That's Simone. So, um, but that's the first time I met him. So I never really had a chance to talk to Forrest. 
until a couple of weeks ago. So a couple of weeks ago we talked, but then we talked a little more uh, last Sunday after church. We were standing in the hallway talking. And I was just telling him, and I, I like to tell people this, particularly brothers, because you don't see it as much as you should these days, but I measure love by what love makes you do. Not by what you say, but by what love makes you do. And when I can see uh, a brother, you know, that really is into his family. Sometimes, and I won't share with what you shared with me, but sometimes the things that you go through is God's way of putting a cocoon around you and protecting you because those things you remember. How many of you have ever, ever been through something so bad you want to make sure that anybody that you have to deal with don't want to go through the same thing? Amen. Well, that that's what love does. Love is sort of like a cocoon that protects the people that you that you say you have this relationship with. And and again, he he talked he was not only talking about Simone was making a joy. Let me tell y'all something else. Me and Darlena, we're we're in intercession. So if you start getting uncomfortable, it's going to be me and Darlene because we're praying for you, dog. We are praying. This dude can sing. No, I, no, no. I just thought he would. Now, you know how people say they can sing. And then when they start singing, you'd be like, you need to sit on down. Nah, this guy has an amazing, am I right, darling? He has an amazing voice. So he, I just said, well, give me, a, you know, send me a track or something. And he's like, I'd do better than that. He just starts singing. And I was like, I had to kind of. <laughs> I had to kind of like, my man, I had to give him his props. He has an amazing voice. So Darlene and I decided uh, last week to, you know, to your chagrin, that we're going to be praying for you. We we want you to come all in, get saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you need to be on the praise team, bro. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I said all of that to say that's what love does. I, I really love the way. Uh, he takes care of his family, he was telling me about the amount of hours that he's working. And uh, it just made me think, it may actually made me think about you and Corbett, because you guys are the same way. You're just into your family. You know, you're into your children. And that is something, because I love my children so dearly, and I have 10, not 10, oh my gosh, oh, Jesus, no. I have 10 grandchildren, I have five children, but I, I love them so dearly. So when you see someone, you know, expressing what you are saying, then you have to give them kudos. So I, I give kudos to him. Corbett, as well as Trey, you know, for the way that you guys really, you're into your families. And as a little sidebar since, and I, and I promise you, five minutes, I'm going to be done. But as a little sidebar, since Darlene decided she wanted to, um, she wanted to announce her, um, her women's service beginning. When is it? Oh, no, I'm going to get you. Oh, I'm going to get you. But when is it beginning? The third Saturday. The third Saturday. May 18th. May 18th. Well, men, uh, I just want you, I want to acknowledge that um, we're going to um, have our own men's service. And um, uh, Simone, hold the baby for a second. Come up here for us. Come up here, Corbett. Come up here, Trey. You know what? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, see, here, I was always the type, I'll let you start it and I'll finish it. So since you started it, guys, I just want y'all to know that, what's the name of your women's fellowship? Oh, Daughters of the King. Daughters of the King. Oh. That's, that's cute. Daughters of the King. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know. That's see, 
I've always been. I've always been. <laughs> I've always been kind of not not rough and tough or anything like that by no means, but I, I kind of like you know the the good names for guys, you know. I mean, don't you know we ain't gonna be sons of the king. It gotta be something a little different. Mm. But then I don't just get a name for us guys. You know, we gotta have a name, but we gotta have a representation of the name as well. So I was talking to my son, and he was saying that, uh, we were talking about our men's group. So he was saying his men's group, uh, they got a name, and he was telling me about his men's group. I said, well, man, that's, that's something that, um, that you know, you have a, a men's group as well. So I said, what's the name of your, your group? And I think he said Men of Purpose or something like that. He said M-O-P. I said, wow. That's, and I said, hmm, okay. So I said, well, we have a name too. Foss is like, man, give us the name. What's up with it? <laughs> but I said, we have a name too. But Nikki, I not only, you know, unlike your uh, first lady, who just got a name for you guys, I figured I needed to go all out because, you know, brothers got to be, you know, we got to be right, right? So I figured I'm going to get some t-shirts made so that we can represent. He's like already discussed it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you, I'm gonna I'm show them what you haven't discussed. Okay. Since you want to get smart, <laughs> I got my brother. I got a name for us, and you're gonna say "Wow" when you hear it. <laughs> Literally. Because that's the acronym for name. <laughs> Boom. Watches on the wall. Please say wow. Please say wow. <laughs> <laughs> does that say wow for us? Corbin, does that say wow? It says wow. Watches on the wall. <laughs> Men's fellowship. <coughs> and we got a logo. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> My man. Thanks, guys. So I just wanted y'all to know that we're gonna, in June, we're gonna be starting our own. But now, what we're gonna do a little differently, guys, because we we got such a love, y'all get the, we got such a love for the brethren that our fellowship is not just gonna be with us. But we're gonna have three different churches to fellowship with us in June. Do I need to go further? <laughs> so we're going to, I'm really messing with Darlene. That's just how we play. But we're, we really are. I've discussed with uh, Pastor Rupert Anglin and my son, Pastor Troy. And we, you know, we're going to get together and we're going to have our men's fellowship. I'm not giving them um, any more information than what I gave Troy on the phone because when we get there, and I'm ordering um, T-shirts, so you guys are going to need to give me the size that you wear so that, you know, I can make sure I order this T-shirt for everybody. So whether it's a large, extra large, double extra large, triple, whatever it is, because I'm, what size is it? Ain't no triple. Double? Double. All right, I got you. So, you sure about that? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> 
So we're gonna be we're gonna be ordering those T-shirts because um, we really do. And Darlene and I talked about this, and I really am joking with her. But we're talking about you know starting the men's and women's fellowship because we see we really believe that something is about to break forth. So we're acting like somebody that's about to get our own building. A debt-free bill. I really believe this is about to happen. I'm telling you. Sometimes I have dreams about things, but when I start dreaming about what I'm believing for, then I know we're close. So we are going to have our men's fellowship. And I'm, I'm, I said that to actually say to, to end what I was saying about Paul. Paul, even though this guy was a thief, talking about love, he reached out to um, the owner and said to him, I know this guy has done you wrong. I know he's stolen from you, and I know, you know, everything that goes along with that. He said, but because I'm asking you, because I'm a fellow brother with, brother with you, and because I know you love me and you know I love you, have mercy on him. If he owes you anything, put it on my account. I'm going to pay you back. That's what love does. So now as we begin to reach out into our community, because now when we move into the community where we're going to have our place, there are going to be other people around. So we're going to have to be used to, you know, reaching out and then we're going to have to have something to offer them. So, you know, our men's and our women's fellowship will be the first thing that we're going to uh, do. I know Darlene has talked about getting T-shirts for you guys, and we want to do the same thing for the men. We want to really start representing, not just talking about what the Word of God says, but representing, you know, in a physical way, you know, the love that I believe that comes from this ministry. So I wanted to say that, and I am going to sit down because I really feel this, I really feel this knot right there right now. So I, I just, I know I need to, to take it down, but um. I wanted to say that because we are about to move to a different level now. Something different is about to happen. Oh boy. <laughs> Something different is about to happen. Be still. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, for real. But something different is about to happen. So I wanted to share that because I really believe that we are going to a new level now. We're, something different is about to happen. Darlene and I have been praying about this. We've been praying about you. When I say you, I'm talking about you as a ministry, the things that you believe in God for. If there is something that you're in agreement for, you believe in God for, and you have not told us about it, if you choose, if you would like to write it down and give it to us, because every single day uh, I'm in intercession about the things I'm believing God for and about the things others on Facebook and Instagram have asked me to agree with them about. This is what love does. Love has to be action. It has to be active. You've got to be doing something. So if there's something you believe in God for, it could be a new radio ministry or new equipment. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, write it down or send it to me via email or text. And I promise you every single day uh, we're going to be taking that thing in intercession uh, on your behalf as well as on the ministry's behalf. So you can stand. We're done. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat. Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good, uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' spider donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween spider donut and get 10 Munchkins donut hole treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer, participation may vary.
Celebrate Halloween with dressed-up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is—it's uh, just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' spider donuts. Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just uh, my friend. Psst. Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. Introducing Minister Thomas Gilbert with the final word. Good evening, everyone. Uh, today's message will be fairly short, uh, this final word. Um, I'm just going to talk to you in regard to um, Proverbs 27.5. Um, it says, an open rebuke is better uh, than a secret love, and then it follows up by saying, uh, in verse six, it says, "Faithful are the wounds of a friend, um, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful." Uh, many times, the Proverbs twenty-seven five I've heard used to basically justify people yelling at people uh, and uh, belittling them in front of crowds. And they would say they would use Proverbs 27, 5 as a way to uh, say I'm exposing the enemy or this person has wronged me and I feel as if though I need to demean them in front of people. That doesn't even fit biblically when we are told that if someone has a disagreement to go make it right with that person, if they will not hear you, then you are to go uh, and basically bring in uh, to the elders to go to a mediator within the church to hear the argument out and then have that person mediate between the two of you and so on and so forth. So to openly rebuke someone in this scripture is not so much talking about or giving you permission to yell at the person. Uh, in an open audience, it's basically saying that um, in, in context of the Proverbs themselves, it's basically saying that it's better for you to acknowledge me in public than to love me in private um, is the gist of the proverb. It's saying that if someone is concealing their love from the rest of the world and telling you that they love you, then they basically don't love you. And this fits into the scheme of today's relationships uh, where people um, have, quote unquote, side chicks and side men um, or side dudes. It just it's not right. Um, number one, it is uh, infidelity. Uh, it is adultery. And number two, um, just in terms of this in particular scripture, it is wrong because it's not love in and of itself. It's better if you did acknowledge that person openly and harm their harm their character or harm their uh, demeanor or, or whatever it may be. If you harm um, their emotions publicly, then to claim that you love them secretly uh, and not tell anyone. Love is exclamatory. This is why we wear wedding rings on our fingers, why we have big ceremonies, uh, why typically even in the old biblical sense of, of marriage, why... Um, they used to have when the bridegroom came back to claim his bride, why they would throw parties. And sometimes it would be at night. Why? Because they openly express their love. Love has to be openly expressed. And if it's not, then it's not love. If you have to love in secret, love in private. And, and don't get me wrong. There are some loves that need to be concealed because of, uh, you know, apartheid or something like that. You know, that type of thing. But. You know, if it's if it has to be concealed from the law and you're protecting your life in the sense of 
um, you can't love because it, you you'll die. But if someone has you hidden and they're hiding you from their family, they're hiding you from your friends, from their friends, then I would venture out to say that they don't love you at all because love is expressive. Love shows itself. Love is love is not quiet at all. It's it's kind and it can be calm, but it is not quiet. Love is open. Love expresses. And so that said, um, again, I'm, I'm just in a state where it's know the scriptures for yourself. God bless you. I pray that this helps. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restoration Place on the King James Radio Network. We hope that you have been encouraged and until next time, little prayer, little power. Lot of prayer, lot of power. No prayer, no power. Have a blessed week. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin'. Like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat. Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkins Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. Celebrate Halloween with dressed-up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick-or-treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick-or-treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good, uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst. Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkins Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary.